0: Coming up on Novell Open Audio, we get the latest update from AutoBuilder.
1: This is Novell Open Audio, the podcast that connects the Novell user community with what's going on inside and around the Novell universe. I'm your host, Aaron Quill. I'm David Mayer. And I'm Randy Goddard.
0: Hey, guys, how's it going? We're back from the Thanksgiving break. Yeah, feeling just a little bit heavier. Dave, you're not from the States. How long did it take you to pick up Thanksgiving? Or was that like our easiest holiday to consume? And, and
1: what makes you <laughs> well, think he does? It's got to it's, it's be said that Americans are among the most generous people in the world with their friendship. So you can't come to America as an outsider and not have people say, come to my house. Day one, the, <laughs> I had people round with cookies. The first Thanksgiving, I had multiple invitations to family Thanksgiving parties. So I got it right
0: away. In fact, you know what's funny? My little sister who lives in Europe... She has taken Thanksgiving over there because I've been over there, not at Thanksgiving, but within a week or two of Thanksgiving. And around her house when her friends are coming over, that's all they're talking about is Thanksgiving is coming up. Thanksgiving, oh, I can't (laughs) wait for cranberries. It's like cranberries. How do you even know about cranberries? Now, I learned something interesting about David, though,
1: last week just before Thanksgiving. And this is going to
0: be appropriate? It would be. Okay. He – he doesn't necessarily celebrate it the same way we do, however. It is Thanksgiving, but what substituted, Dave? Well, he's Scottish, so it's Haggis and... Oh, no, 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 no.
1: I had chicken this year.
0: A Thanksgiving chicken? Dude, that doesn't even roll off the... T- I mean, it's not that it's that weird. It's just, it... No, it's well, wrong. Well, it's better than the
1: Thanksgiving cheeseburger, let's face it.
0: <laughs> or the Thanksgiving Haggis. Much, very, much, much better. better. than that. Okay, so... So, and tell me, what is auto-build? So... AutoBuild is a service that SUSE runs that allows developers to take their code and they can actually upload their source code up to the AutoBuild servers and then... Whenever we build an operating system or rebuild uh, a dependency that your application is tied to, we have the ability to build your application for you. Um, What that means is – well, it means several different things. For the end user, it can be very cool because that means now instead of just having to download source and having to compile that myself – I can actually go to the build server. I can click on uh, the one-click install, which we talked about in a previous install, which allows me to click on one thing. It sets up the proper repositories, installs the uh, code, and I can run that application. But from the developer's point of view, it makes that whole process easy. So the developer uploads their source code. It then will be compiled not just for, you know, SUSE on... 32 bit uh, Intel architecture, it'll actually be built for all the different SUSE architectures that your code would be supported. So, you know, the 64 bit if it ran there, 32 bit, all the different platforms. We also actually build for other operating systems. So, we do a build for Ubuntu, we do builds for Red Hats, we do builds for a variety of different other Linux distros. So you really kind of get the best of both worlds. You get, you know, your source code out there for people to have access to, but at the same time, it's custom built for all these different distros at the same time. So instead of a one-click install for the end user, it's a one-upload build for the developer. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, there's actually cool benefits both for a developer and for the end user on this. Sounds good. Let's hear the details. Hi, this is Aaron, and today in the studio I've got uh, Michael and Andreas here to talk to us about build services. Uh, Michael, good afternoon. Hello, Aaron. Hi. Nice <laughs> good, to meet you. Good to see you again. What do you do for us normally?
2: Well, I started seven years ago in the AutoBuild team and started uh, developing the AutoBuild, which was at that time a bunch of Jscripts, so we started to port that to Perl and to make th- speed things up. And then a couple of years ago, when the OpenSUSE idea came up, we, we thought about how to bring AutoBuild to the OpenSUSE project. And so we started the Build Service project.
0: What is the difference between AutoBuild and the Build Services?
2: In AutoBuild, we have a few distributions like 10.1 and 10.2, and it's very tailored to building those distributions. Whereas the build service is um, very open in that aspect, you can have lots of projects. Distribution ten one would be a project in the build service, and also you can build for a different package formats like RPM or Debian. And what's also planned is um, macOS ten or so in the future. So it's it's much broader than okay. auto build. So when you hear the
0: term auto build, it's really more internal or used for building to a specific version of OpenSUSE
2: or such. Yeah, that's true. That's it's Basically a rewrite of AutoBuild having the community aspect in mind.
0: Okay. And Andreas, good afternoon.
3: Yeah. Hi. My name is Andreas. I started at SUSE as a a trainee in about, yeah, yeah, intern about five years ago. Since about three years, I'm a full-time, I have a full-time job and I used to work on the internal tools team and was assigned to the build service for designing API and the user frontend. Okay. Yeah. And that's what I do.
0: Excellent. Can one of you just kind of bring us up to speed and give us a quick overview of what Build Services does for you?
2: The Build Services tries to tackle two problems. The first one is standard problems. If you develop software, you have to test your software on multiple distributions. So so you have to make sure that it runs on Dora, it runs on SUSE, it runs on Debian maybe. And also you have to make sure it runs on different architectures. So PowerPC or 64-bit, you normally don't have access to all those architectures. Yeah, especially if you're a small developer. Right, and this is where the build service comes in. So every developer can upload his or her software to the build service and see if it builds for all those distributions and all those architectures. Another plus is that the build service automatically rebuilds the packages if the distributions change in a way. So if there's an update in the distribution, then the build service will rebuild your project and... Then you can see, oh, my software project doesn't build with a new version of the distribution. So you can, if there's a development going on with open source, you can st- see every day if your program project still builds or not. Oh, cool!
0: So as a developer, I upload like my source code then yeah, right. to the build servers, and then. It's going to build it for all these different platforms. It's going to give me RPMs, you know, for SUSE ten one, 10.2, 10.3. It'll build .debs for Debian if I want it to. And then it also keeps track of uh, dependencies that I have on my application.
2: Uh, that's true. No- normally, you have to specify in your project which um, software you need to build it. And, and so the build service will use this information to uh, calculate a list of software your project depends on and then... As I said, if anything changes in those packages, it will aut- automatically rebuild your okay. software. And so this goes beyond just the community
0: builds of these different OSs. This is also, I upload that code once, and it's built for the enterprises as
2: well, for like SLED and SLES. Yeah, right. That's true. We have also enterprise distributions in there. It's also see- check if your software builds enterprise.
0: And it also, if I remember correctly, it does real cool notifications where if I uploaded a package like last year... And now here we are getting ready to release ten point three. If it goes to build my application against ten point three and it runs into an error, it'll actually notify me as a developer, won't it? Uh,
2: it, it that's actually a planned feature. Yes. Uh, oh, but, but... I'm giving you requirements. Great. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're not the only one to have insisted on that to implement that. So yeah, yes, but but it's a notification interface that is planned. For us next time, yeah. Okay. Well, Well,
0: I know we we did a previous episode about a year ago on build services and on auto build, but I know you guys have enhanced it quite a bit over the past year. And you guys have added some new things. One of the things is this new one-click install that we've got, right?
2: That's true. That, that's actually the second point I wanted to make before. That's not, It's not only uh, goes after developers, but it also uh, brings a plus for normal users because it provides a central repository where every user can search for software uh, he needs, and then that's where this one-click interface comes in, if you can search for the software, and then get, get a list of software. And say you search for KDE4, you want the uh, newest mm-hmm. KDE distribution uh, And then you just enter KDE4, press return, and it gives you a list. And then there's this one-click install button for KDE4. You click on one-click install, just comes up, and you click accept, and then it installs all the software.
0: Oh, cool. Now, are any application or package that's been uploaded to the build services, does it all appear in one repository, or does each project have its own repository?
3: Each project has its own repository, and users have to add the repository which they want which the of the specific project the, the which builds the package they want but what is new is this kind of one click install which we have which does this repository selection yeah. so you just click on this one click install button which actually downloads ymp file okay <laughs> and this ymp file contains information about what repositories have to be added to install this package including all dependencies okay so this takes a lot of work from the user because before he would have to add maybe two or three repositories, which he to d- cut didn't know. And and paste, yes, yeah, from the website. And this is now uh, much easier. Cool. Now, how large is the build server at this point? Any idea? Yeah, we have about... 1,000 projects containing about 23,000 packages. Okay, wow. And we have about 1,600 users at this time. And recently we opened up the build service so that users having a novel account automatically can use the build service without any additional approval from our point. This was not possible about two or three months ago where we had to manually approve the users. They had to send an email and we had to improve them. And so now we have about 10 users which come additionally at the build service at each day. Oh, cool. So it's it's growing quite fast.
2: So we've really kind of opened this up to yeah, the just, community. Just to clarify things, it was a bit closed before because our we had only a couple of build hosts, and now we've got some sponsors which provided us with a nice build farm, and that's why we could open it up for everyone.
0: So can you describe the build farm to me a little bit?
2: Well, currently it's about 20 hosts, and as each host consists of multiple CPOs, we have about 100 something clients on which build packages. And each client sets up its own environment and virtual environment via the Xen system, so they can't influence each other, and it's secure for us, so nobody can do anything they shouldn't do on the hosts.
0: So let me make sure that I understand that when you say the word host, you're talking about a computer that's got a whole bunch of different processor boards in it. That's and, true. And then clients actually one of those virtual machines running under XEN to help do the builds, right? Exactly. And that's how we do it. Oh, very cool. What other changes have you guys made recently to the build services?
2: Recently, well, we had this end-user interface, the virtualization thing. The end-user interface means that's
3: interface which is completely open for everyone with, without login. So the user can, can go to org slash search, enter search string, and just see a list of packages he can download.
0: And that's how I find packages that yeah. are automatically built with this that I might want to install on my workstation or server.
2: Correct. Another thing is now that the build service is completely under GPL. That wasn't true a year ago. We Oh, we cool. the the backend was not GPL because we had to go to the open source review board. So Novel has yeah. to make sure that no intellectual property leaks out. Sure. But now it's completely GPL. Anybody can set up their own build service at home. Actually, a couple of users already did that, and we how oh, cool. We get patches from them if the setup doesn't work. Or so so it's it's really now a nice community. where... Improving the build service. That's great. So the communities
3: out
0: there making changes and adding features that they want to see in the build server. Yes. Excellent. Any other enhancements you guys have done recently?
3: there there's have been a, a lot of work going on in, with OC, which is one of the clients. This is uh, actually the command line client, which can be used. Okay, OC OSC. Oh, okay. We also changed away the way the access rights of the actual projects in the build service work. So now there's a group of admins who are the only ones who can uh, create top-level projects, which are like uh, SUSE or GNOME or KDE. Okay. And then we have a namespace mechanism. This is very obvious at your home project. Every user has a home project, which starts with home, colon, then your username. This is actually the project where you can experiment and you can just try stuff and if it doesn't work it doesn't matter it okay. normally doesn't get synced out to the to the servers or um, every mirror can choose which namespace he wants to mirror so the home namespace doesn't get mirrored from every mirror or he can configure if he wants and so there's not much bandwidth
0: and it's also if it's in my home space is it not in that search then
3: it's toned down in the search it pops up in the search but it gets a penalty so okay. if there's a project named uh, Amarok for example and there's the official Amarok project and there's three or four test projects of the users in the search list. The official Amarok project gets rated higher, so it pops up at the top of the list, and the home projects come below.
0: Oh, cool. So you do some sort of cool weighting then to control which applications are the first ones that respond to you on the search
3: and such. That's um, yeah, Yeah. What I want to talk about is the access rights here. Every user has... The rights to create a project below the project he has rights for. So, for example, his own home project, like mine's, is home Bowersman. I have complete rights inside this project, so I can create another home Bowersman colon test project. Or, for example, home Bowersman colon Amarok. Okay. And... This is true for every user. So, if a user has rights for maybe KDE, KDE4, he can create an arbitrary number of projects below this KDE namespace. So, this is one of the things we changed.
0: Cool. So he can't create top-level no, uh, projects, but they can create, you know, a project under GNOME or under yeah. KDE or this what. This is reserved
3: have for the admins. Cool. It gives us a way to control the growth of projects inside the build service.
0: So what if I want to build my own version of a application that's already on the build service like Amarok? Like I'm working on a specific plugin to Amarok to do something cool with iPods. Can I leverage that Amarok code that's already sitting up on the build server?
2: Yeah, actually you can. You can, we have the, the source link mechanism for this. So you can link the Amarok package of a different project to your project. So you have a, a linked a package in it. Okay. And then you can add to the link some patches or other changes. Okay. So the trick is that it, it's still a link. So if we, with the other distribution you linked from, uh, changes the source, the patches will automatically be applied again. So you automatically get the newest version of Amarok, but oh. with your patches. Oh, that's got to be awesome, especially for things like Amarok or like MythTV TV.
0: Where I might, you know, it's very common for me to maybe want to go out and write my own special plugin for MythTV, and that's cool. And
2: yeah, yeah. You can basically you can you can use it to to tweak some configuration parameters or to build with different compilation flags or stuff like that to maybe check test some GCC flags to see if things speed up if you use them and so. Sure. Very cool.
0: Do we have some way that I can get reports or statistics?
3: Yeah, actually, we have. There's a bunch of statistics collectors. We have uh, statistics about most downloaded packages and the the actual count of the the downloads of your package. We have statistics about the latest changes, about most changed packages, most active packages. That's it for the moment.
0: But for a developer, that's quite cool because after I build my app, I can actually go out and see if people are really using it. Yeah, that's
3: right. That's right. Very cool. We also have a rating mechanism, so you can rate packages User-based or projects. User based rating. So as a user... Yes, a user, okay. yeah. At the moment, you have to have a build service account for this. But we plan to, to open it up a little so that users uh, going to the software page trying to download uh, software can also send kind of rating. As you said, we also have tags additionally to the rating given by the users to specific projects or packages. Okay. And we have set this up like every tag can be given by every user once. So the more... The users give a specific tag to a, a project, the, the more likely is that this tag has some meaning for this project. So we have some kind of statistics about how relevant a tag is for a project. Oh, that's it's very like, cool. like how often if it is uh, given for this project. This actually doesn't work at the moment. We have okay. to get more users to use this kind of feature because obviously the more tags are given, the better this feature works.
0: Yeah, that's very cool. Okay, so we covered things that you guys have recently added. Where are you going? What changes are you planning on making in the future?
2: Well, On the OpenSUSE side, one thing we are after is to make it very easy for outside contributors to uh, contribute a package to the OpenSUSE. So what we are planning to do is to add something where you can branch the source from OpenSUSE and do your changes there and then um, submit it back into OpenSUSE, and we want to do that via the build service. So that oh, cool. will be a branching and merging interface so we can easily accept or even get a list from of, of the outside, what are the suggestions, we, we what packages should be changed or not, and then we can go to that list and decline, or oh, this is a good idea, but let's do that. And, oh, very and cool. So yeah. we, the, the thing is we want to make it really, really easy for the outsiders to contribute to OpenSUSE. Okay. And another thing, on the technical side, what we plan is to make it easy to have multiple build services speak with each other. So we want to make it possible to set up a a net of build services so that anyone outside can currently set up a build service, but uh, he has to copy all the distribution to his computer so to to build it. But the more interesting way would be just to a project on this outside build service and base it on some project in the OpenSUSE build service, and then the system automatically transfers the uh, binary packages. So that you don't have to copy and all the packages and make sure they're up to date, and the, so the build services would, would speak to each other, and you could also serve, uh, search over this net of build services, and uh, so this would be a really really cool thing to have, I think.
3: Oh yeah,
0: that would be great. Any other things?
2: Um,
3: yeah, of course. For this merging mechanism, we also need some kind of notification. This is, has come up over the last years uh, quite a few times. And it's not so easy to do because you obviously want to have a a generic notification mechanism, not just uh, emails or whatever. You want to have a notification which is configurable by the user. So he maybe wants to have email or wants to be notified over instant messenger, SMS, whatever. Whatever. So you you want a quite a generic notification system, and this needs a bit of thought.
0: And so that's to notify the developer that... If your package didn't build, or a yeah. upstream dependency changed,
3: or something like that, actually notifying about quite everything. Okay. So
2: Control can build, of course, because you wouldn't want to get no. an email when something in the build service changed. I want an, like an
0: SMS every time somebody downloads <laughs> my application. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> this, this <laughs> could be possible if you
3: wanted so Sure. Why not?
0: Yeah. Okay, so you're looking at adding notification. So one of the cool things about autobuild is that we already have a whole bunch of these different Linux distributions that it builds for, but it's pretty easy for you guys to add new architectures and new operating systems, right?
2: Architectures, it's easy, yes. You can just need to set up a different scheduler for different architectures and plug in some new build hosts with that architecture and, and off you go. That's not a problem. What's harder is different distributions of uh, different kernels, basically, because um, then you you have to let's say I want to build for macOS 10 and then then I have obviously have to install and build with a OS 10 kernel. So you have to go away. That's where you the virtualization aspect comes actually in. So that's also why we switched into virtualization. Sure. So because if I have full virtualization, I can run any any distribution on any OS on it. So I can even run it a Windows operating systems and build for Windows in it. So sure. So that's actually some direction we want to go. We want to provide a Windows target and provide a Mac OS X target. And what's easier is provide some BSD target because it's that would be more easier. But, yeah, that's something we want to do in the next time, I think, in the beginning of next year so. Well, the
0: nice thing is you've got the back-end architecture that makes it easy for you to, to do this.
2: Yeah, the, all the architecture is it's designed in a way to make it easy to add new Architectures and new distribution types. Yes.
0: Excellent. And again, this service is just out there, and it's free for any developer that wants to take advantage of it. Right.
2: Right. It's free. It's GPL. So if if Novel doesn't want to do it, nobody stops you from doing it yourself.
0: So this is cool. But why are we doing this?
2: It's cool. Well, it's 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 not only cool. We're doing it. The normal answer really really helps. We're doing it. Why we? Because we can. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but. But no, it's also a good thing to attract developers, of course, to to Novel. So Novel really gets a benefit from that too.
0: Well, one of the things that we do is we ensure that all these developers that are using the build services, we're ensuring that that application is available either on our enterprise distributions or our community distributions. Plus it's really helping open source out and it's really giving developers an an opportunity to make their applications available to more and more clients.
3: Yeah, and, and, and what I also see is it brings together People of different Linux distributions. Sure. Like we were in talks with Fedora about the build service. Adrian talked with some guys of Fedora yeah, it's, it's about, about their build build service and about how we can maybe come together. And-
0: yeah, we really all benefit from it.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah it's a, it's about maybe unifying some macros, so it's it's that, that's, so that's easier to build a package from multiple distributions and so, so so we really talk with other distributions.
0: The other thing that I really like about it is it. Allows. I'm a big fan of any time we allow somebody to do what they're really good at. So in this case, we're talking about developers. Now the developer can just worry about developing their specific application. And really what we're doing is after they've written the code, the source code and everything, we're then saying now we'll help you package this up for all these different distributions and make sure that it's available to the widest audience possible. That's great for the community. Well, guys, uh, thanks a lot for sitting down and talking to me today. Okay, Dave, so did that give you a good idea of what's in AutoBuilder?
1: Well, it was a lot better than your chopped up message at the start telling us a little bit about what it was. It's great to hear all the detail.
0: Yeah, so now are you going to take your projects and upload? I have a couple of little projects
1: that I'm working on that I'd like to see built, and I think I might be using AutoBuild soon. I think you should try it, and then you should let us know how it goes. I will.
0: kind of give us the developer side of it of how it worked for you.
1: Good idea. If there's something you'd like to hear on Novell Open Audio or you have a project you'd like us to interview you about, contact us at openaudio at novell.com. Aaron, Randy, thank you. Cool.
0: Thanks a lot, guys. See you guys.
1: Remember that Novell Open Audio is brought to you by Novell Users International as well as Novell Incorporated. Most of our content is directed by our listener community, so please send us your feedback by email at openaudio at novell.com or by leaving comments on our website at novell.com openaudio. That's it for this time. Have a good one.